First attempt, I lasted five days. I white knuckled through the week and I got to Friday and I caved. I drank a bottle of wine faster than you can say TFI Friday because I deserved it. If I went the whole week without drinking, I didn't have a problem, right? Except I did and I knew it. I was just too scared to really do anything about it at that point. Next attempt, 13 days. I had it this time. I hibernated the first weekend. I didn't see anyone at all. And then I got invited to a birthday party in a pub. And I had three lemonades. And then I hit the fuck it button. I blacked out before karaoke. Ended up $300 lighter in the wallet department and added another dollop to the shame bucket. Before we continue with the story, let me tell you a little bit about the global Stories That Stir movement. Our mission is to facilitate a revolution of human connection through storytelling. Our Sydney events are held on the third Tuesday of every month at the Robin Hood Hotel in Waverley. So if you're in Sydney local, come and check out our next event. And while you're at it, every event thereafter. And now to stir things up. Hannah Roger is a gorgeous woman and she is our next storyteller. So Hannah Roger is a stepmom, mum, recruitment business owner and sobriety advocate, sharing her story to help others and minimise the stigma around addiction. Just when Hannah had settled into her new sober life, her biggest transition was yet to come. So please welcome to the stage Hannah Roger. Hi, everybody. Um, you may notice that I'm pregnant, so my memory recall isn't quite what it was 20 weeks ago. Um, this morning, I accidentally brushed my teeth with conditioner, just to give you an idea of where my brain's at at the moment. So <laughs> we'll see how this goes. In order to excel at anything in life, I believe you need to be a little bit obsessed with it. I was really bloody excellent at drinking. Really good at it. I tried really hard. I practiced nearly every day for over a decade. And then I cottoned on to the fact that it was killing me rather than making me cool. And I used that same obsession to drag myself out of addiction and into the sober world of the living. My sobriety journey was the length of a pregnancy and equally as exhausting. And I promise you I'm speaking from lived experience. This is number three. <laughs> it was nine months of growing and changing and fear and excitement. And oh my gosh, I really can't do this. Until I had to. And I could. And I did. First attempt, I lasted five days. I white knuckled through the week and I got to Friday and I caved. I drank a bottle of wine faster than you can say TFI Friday because I deserved it. If I went the whole week without drinking, I didn't have a problem, right? Except I did, and I knew it. I was just too scared to really do anything about it at that point. Next attempt, 13 days. I had it this time. I hibernated the first weekend. I didn't see anyone at all. And then I got invited to a birthday party in a pub. And I had three lemonades. And then I hit the fuck it button. I blacked out before karaoke, ended up $300 lighter in the wallet department, and added another dollop to the shame bucket. Every time I fell off the wagon, I picked myself back up. 17 days here, 
25 days there, but always getting back up. I was ashamed and I was addicted, but I was trying. And I had to keep telling myself that that was better than the alternative. Eventually, I got to nine months of long baths and early nights and going for walks anywhere but the bloody bottle shop. And something stuck. Whether it was that I really didn't want to go back to day one again, or that I'd started building a substantial sobriety toolkit, or the reality that I knew I just couldn't carry on like this. Who knows? I was about to be reborn, and all of those stumbles and mishaps along the way were the exact journey that I needed to take to become the new sober me. Once I'd pinpointed my triggers, and Monica did ask me what these were, and look, there are too many to list. I've only got a seven-minute speech. <laughs> Let's just say any day ending in Y was a trigger for me by the end. <laughs> I learned, firstly, how to process emotions without drinking. Well, fuck me, isn't that hard? <laughs> Come on, people. Really? <laughs> I learned how to do breathing exercises, accepting my feelings and working through them. Honestly, this shit is really, really hard. I did some exercise. Who knew that would work? <laughs> and look, six years later, I still find this stuff hard. We live in a world where it, the social norm is to numb out. You know, we're scrolling on our phones all day long, and Instagram is sometimes much more attractive than feeling something difficult. Secondly, I learned how to socialize without booze, which sadly meant new friends were needed and new venues. Thirdly, I learned how to deal with the stress of being a stepmom and a second wife. And I can't take all the credit for this because I had a hell of a lot of therapy. <laughs> So thank you, therapist. After nine months, I was going to new cafes. I was trying new activities. I'd shed old friends and old belief systems. I was drinking herbal teas. I was reading sober books and blogs. And I joined online sober communities. I became obsessed with Pilates, essential oils, and people who didn't drink at lunchtime on the weekends, which quite frankly, I didn't know existed. <laughs> I went to bed with clean teeth in clean pajamas and put one sober foot in front of the other every damn day until I didn't need to think where I was walking anymore. My last day one was six years ago last month. Thank you. <laughs> Which was, although I didn't know it at the time, a training ground for my latest transition from maiden to mother. And whereas I had those nine months to try on sobriety, you don't really get that slow introduction to motherhood. One day you're pregnant, the next day you're a mum. That's pretty nuts. The crazy conversations that I used to have with drunk people, I now have with my highly spirited three and a half year old son. <laughs> example. This was 5.45 this morning. Mommy, does Bubba Rose have a penis? No, darling, you know she doesn't. Why? Will you tell me why, Harrison? Because she's a baby. No, darling. <laughs> Try again. Because she's a girl. Yes, darling. Mommy, I've got a penis. Look. <laughs> no, thanks, Harrison. <laughs> Please put it away. <laughs> 
Honestly, 5.45 in the morning. But luckily for me, I've got my sober toolkit. <laughs> so I pull out some breathing exercises that help to stop the urge to smother the little fucker with a pillow. <laughs> I'm joking, don't call child services. <laughs> As the months and years of being a sober stepmom and mum have gone on, I've learned that I can deal with the chaos, the mess, and the incessant noise that comes from living with other people's teenagers and my wild toddlers. And I can do it all without drowning myself in drink. Not only do my children have a sober mother, they're also lucky enough to have a sober father. And that means they're free to move through their wild feelings with a mostly calm parent. <laughs> there to help them through rather than distracting them or reaching for a drink to numb them out. This definitely would not have happened with a raging hangover. No way. It means that rather than playing pool with a homeless person at an all-night bar in Surrey Hills, I spend my weekend mornings in playgrounds, playing chasing games and marvelling at both of my children's ability to get soil in their hair. It means that I trust myself to be the mother that they need me to be. And when I'm not, which is often, I no longer go into a shame spiral and I no longer reach for a drink to numb out. You see, my transition to sobriety paved the way for me to be a cycle breaker before I even knew I was going to be a mother. And that, my friends, is the legacy that I will leave. Thank you. Thank you.